Welcome to the Mile High Church Podcast. This is Josh Reeves inviting you today to consider making an automatic gift to Mile High Church. Mile High Church, for so many of us, is like a spiritual gem. And if you could just consider going to our website, milehighchurch.org, and making a dollar a week, five dollars a month, whatever works for you, uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. And I know that it will bless your life too. Thanks. Oh, thank you all for being so present here today, and I can feel your love. And uh, indeed, my topic is building a paradigm of love. And I had to ask myself, what is a paradigm? Then I realized I have found a paradigms in my wash machine. <laughs> and a paradigm is 20 cents. But what is a paradigm? Well, a paradigm is um, a pattern it's a principle, it's a standard set of ideas. And there's been many paradigms upon this planet. And I just want to bring in a little history about that, like the Revolutionary War brought, um, the, excuse me, the Industrial War, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> the Industrial Revolution uh, brought a lot of change because people no longer had to work so hard. And then we had, uh, none of us are old enough to remember this, but the printing press came forth. That had to be an incredible change. And then we had also um, Edison with the light bulb. And they say that people um, stayed up longer because they could read by the light instead of going to bed when the sun sets. Maybe some of us still go to bed when the sun sets. But those were uh, really big changes that took place. And I recognize that uh, we are in a huge, huge paradigm of technology, the great internet. You know, the internet, internet is like a highway of communication. With our cell phones, we can be in touch with someone across the planet within seconds. It's amazing what's taking place, all the cyberspace and everything that's going on, and also the artificial intelligence. Ooh. It's a little scary, yeah. It's a little scary, I agree. And it reminds me of one of my precious friends here at Mile High Church. She's a beautiful older woman. And she had had a surgery, and she came through the doors one day, and I said, oh, so glad to see you. And she had this big smile, and she kind of paused, and she said, well, they've glued me together, and a robot did it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said, oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, so things have changed so much. And um, when those paradigm shifts come, it's change, isn't it? It's a huge change. And change is the great shape shifter. And many times it's on a personal level for us. Change will come to us overnight, in seconds. Everything changed. And it demands for us to create a new structure. It demands for us to be able to come back spiritually to the principle, principle of life that I'm not alone, that the God of my being is with me, to guide me forward, forward as I step forward in my life. So change that great shapeshifter. Um, many times it comes without notice, without notice. But one thing, speaking about paradigms of the globe and the world and the past and the future, an observation that I've had is that, especially if you tune into the television or to the 
internet or any of the devices that are out there. What you sense is device. <laughs> and you sense, um, excuse me for saying this, I think Dr. Michelle has used it before, pissosity. <laughs> There's a lot of pissosity out there. There's a lot of anger out there. There's a lot of greed out there. And there's a lot of lusting for power, that false power. And what that tells me, when that touches our lives, and if we begin to take it in because we're fearful, then we're coming from what I call a mental construct. And a mental construct is just a nice way of saying our ego. And that's usually where we get afraid. Like everything's changing. Or what is this fear going to do to me? Or how's it going to harm me? So it's asking us to step upstairs in consciousness. And I'm so delighted to be able to be here with this room filled with so many practitioners because the people that know how to step upstairs in consciousness, consciousness is a place of awareness. It's a place of awakeness. And they know how to step upstairs in consciousness and to recognize that God life. Now God goes by many a name. And... For the last couple of years now, my name for God is Harmonic Love. Because one day in a prayer, I ask, okay, God, Spirit, the sacredness. You know, there's all kinds of ways to addressing this greater energy that's around us at all times. Throughout all the uh, changes, it's never left. And so what came to me was a quality, and it was Harmonic Love. God is Harmonic Love. So... With that observation of that which can destroy, harm, and hurt, I am so grateful today to stand before you in my home. And I know this is also your home. This is our spiritual home. And to recognize that um, there's a spiritual evolution that has always been going on. And the spiritual evolution is going on here right now. And it's about building on that inner knowingness, reflecting, love, choosing not to be with the fear, but to be with the unconditional love, to be with that peace, assurance, gratitude, and love. You know, in the Bible it says about forgiveness, and Reverend Josh did a beautiful sermon last week, talk on forgiveness. He say. When you want to forgive, turn your cheek seven times. I never could quite figure that out. You get kind of tired doing that. I think it was 70 times. You know? I'm just saying seven, okay? And, but I think what that means is when we're confronted with fear, anger, and upset, and we're starting to get caught in the collective consciousness of everything, that's when we need to turn our thoughts. Turn our thoughts. And turn them seven times. And where are we going to turn them? To a realization of love. To a realization of love. Ernest Holmes, he stated that love was a fire that he couldn't quite define. He said it was everywhere present, and I'm just paraphrasing him. It was a fire. And when I think of that, that flame, I sense that it lives within each one of us. I sense it's our soul, and it's ours forever. And also, fire is a sacred element of life, known throughout all the indigenous cultures, known all cult cultures today. 
love and the sacredness of water, the sacredness of the breath we breathe, and the sacredness of form. Those are sacred elements. So love has never left us. It has never left this planet. It's been inscribed upon our hearts. So where we are is in a leap in consciousness, a leap in consciousness. So grateful to stand here today because, as I mentioned, I'm home, and so are you. Dr. Barry has referred to Mile High Church many times as a lighthouse, and I love that because many of us have rowed our boats in, you've heard us say this, and maybe they were damaged, there was something that took place in our lives, and we were looking for something that was going to bring us back to our heart, bring us back to our center. And so our rowboats were fixed, and many of us stayed. We stayed to support the light that shines forth to this world from Mile High Church, from all the centers of spiritual living, shines forth to this globe. And some people fixed their boats and went on their way, which is fine, but a lighthouse. And you know, every week we read the mission and vision statement, and I chose today to include it in my talk. And so I'm going to recite it, and you can recite it with me if you'd like. Our vision, oneness revealed, a world of love, peace, and abundance for all. And our mission, to serve as a spiritual beacon for personal empowerment and global enlightenment. Ooh, I love it. Thank you for reciting that with me. So the lighthouse, accepting this as a place of our faith, faith meaning our belief. I think about Ernest Holmes, who is the founder of religious science, and I love reading about him. He had to have been a mystical gentleman, and even mystical as a kid, as he would sit out in nature and, and tune with life itself. And I think it was um, 1928 that someone asked him, well, Ernest, what do you believe? And just within a split second, this is what he said. And I don't know if this has ever been read in a church service. I know it's read at special ceremonies, but I'm going to read this today. And a copy of this is on a plaque in our prayer care center. He said, We believe in God, the living Spirit Almighty, one indestructible, absolute, self-existent cause. This one manifests itself in and through all of creation, but is not absorbed by its creation. The manifest universe is the body of God. We believe in the incarnation of spirit in man and that all men and women are incarnations of the one. We believe in immortality and the continuing of the individual soul forever and forever expanding. And we believe that the kingdom of heaven is within man and woman, and that we experience this kingdom to the degree that we become conscious of it. We believe the ultimate goal of life is to be a complete emancipation from all discord of every nature, and that this goal is sure to be obtained by all. And we believe in the unity of all life, and that the highest God and the innermost God are one God. That's the paradigm of our home. That's the paradigm, the spiritual paradigm. 
So we are an open door. And I remember many years ago when I first entered Mile High Church, a long time ago, some friends brought me. And it was great being here. I liked it. Um, and then the next week I came, they never came with me. And I came back and I've never left. And I'm, I'm glad for that. Because I remember when I was, I was raised in Protestant churches, and even in my teenage years, even though I loved all my pals at the church, and I really liked my Sunday school teachers, um, but I'm a real pretty quiet person, and I don't say a whole lot, but usually when I do speak, uh, it makes a difference at times. And I, I spoke maybe too many times, and I was asked to leave Sunday school. And this is, yeah, thank you for that. And what I was trying to figure out was, how come if you're telling me there's a loving God and you're telling me, telling me that my best friend, Ashua Ben Joseph, Jesus, if these people over here across the sea aren't accepting of this, that they're doomed. Couldn't figure that out. Well, I'm not sure why they couldn't answer it. But I'm glad I stepped through the doors of Mile High Church. Because Mile High Church is a place where you can ask the question. You can ask the question. You can explore who you are. You can discover. And I remember I took classes for about five years here to really satisfy my belief in that great mystic master teacher, Jesus. And... All the great masters of this world, all the mystics, all of them have been based in love. So that love has always been present. And we as a community, we need to harvest it in our own lives daily. You know, this is a lighthouse to the world. And I give thanks for that. So the world that works for all, that's what we represent. And that's what all of us as practitioners here. A practitioner is someone who practices the presence. Yes, they've taken a lot of classes, uh, really understand religious science. They were always open in classes to ask the questions, which is great. And they have dedicated their lives to knowing where to turn. And that is to turn within to that place of heart in prayer. Prayer is a communion. It's not having to kneel down on your knees. It's just unifying with that one life that Ernest Holmes so beautifully described. And so they all have known of love. I want to uh, quote a lady. She wrote a book, The Wisdom Jesus, Transforming Heart and Mind. Jesus never asked anyone to form a church, ordain a priest, develop elaborate rituals and institutional cultures that splintered into denominations. I'm glad it's not raining today or I might be hit with lightning saying this. <laughs> His two great requests were that we love one another as I have loved you and that we share bread and wine together as an open channel of inner abiding love. Isn't that beautiful? Inner abiding love. So we are building a paradigm of love. And each one of us, we're a part of that ingredients. 
So love is the merchandise which the entire world emanates. If you store it in your heart, every soul will become your customer. And I quote Hazrat Khan, who was a great Sufi master. And so love, that supreme reality, it's our true self, it's who we are. It's as simple as that. No matter how wounded we have been or abused, that has never been bumped inside of us. Never been bumped inside of us. Years ago, um, we had, my husband and I had a friend, his name was Jerry, and um, he had been a part of a police force for many, many years. And he shared something uh, with me that he said that they had found that individuals that had been not held at birth, not having someone to pick them up and cradle them, that they had done research, and those were the individuals that many times came in and through the systems of jail. Looking for love. Everyone deserves love. It's so easy to love a little puppy dog, isn't it? We're all puppy dogs. <laughs> yeah. So, what do we want to be interested in? We want to be interested in love. We want to be interested in love. We want to be able to turn that cheek seven times to see that love. That love, the peace, assurance, the gratitude, and the love. And when that fear comes up, work with that. Even if physically you have to kind of turn your cheek a little bit to remind yourself who you are. So love is a common thread. It's a golden thread. And Ernest Holmes also in his teachings talked about that. And he studied all world religions because he was looking for the golden thread in all of them. It's love. It's love itself. It's been woven. And it's been woven into who we are. So that love is that perfect antidote that floats and it flows, and it washes away hatred, jealousy, resentment, anxieties, and fear. For I believe with all my heart that love wins. And I'll share um, a true story about five, six months ago. I was walking a labyrinth with my practical mysticism class, and I was in my own little space walking it. I remember I had my hands up. When I tell this story, I get goosebumps still. Because what took place for me in just walking that beautiful labyrinth, we have one outside that you can walk after church if you choose, but it was like something opened up. It's hard to explain. It's like something opened up. And I saw these lights, and maybe it was kind of like the sparkles on my sleeves, I don't know, but I saw these little lights. And what the meaning was, and it wasn't like a booming voice came forth or anything, but what I received was all there was was love. And that love wins. Love wins. And it was like with enough of that light coming forth, all disease upon this planet could be dissolved. It was a profound experience. Very profound for me. So profound that I uh, went home and I uh, got on Google or one of them, 
speaking about the internet, and I ordered my very own tire cover for my Jeep that says, Love Wins. <laughs> yeah. I spoke about that last service, and Rama went out and took a picture of my Jeep. <laughs> but uh, most of the time, I get really good replies from people when I'm driving, but sometimes those big old truck drivers <clears throat> go around me, and they kind of wave to me. I, I think they're waving. <laughs> But love wins. And that just reminds me because that vision is never going to leave me. Never. So I want to um, share just a little bit about building a paradigm of cosmic consciousness. Okay? What is cosmic? Sounds like kind of a strange word. Like, well, will I ever get to that cosmic place? We're there already. Because it is spiritual energy. It's awakening. It's love intelligence. It's refinement. It's believing. It's like accepting the evidence of love. Cosmic consciousness is a celestial wisdom. Maybe that golden thread. In and through all universes, solar systems, the center of the earth, above, below, all around about. Cosmic. And I want to read this. It represents a new level of consciousness, of cosmic identity, it is a refinement, believing. Jesus said, it is done unto you as you believe. This consciousness will take many generations to become fully established on earth and it will bring with it a new, unimaginable world that, will need, that we will need to be lived. Are we willing to live that right now? When I found that little piece, I thought about my grandkids um, my great-grandkids, their kids. What we are doing right now every day in our lives is building that paradigm of love. Building that paradigm. You know, we talk about love throughout all cultures. And then, you know, we walk out and we hear the news and kind of... But we need to behold that paradigm. I believe it is real. So to live in that paradigm of peace, assurance, gratitude, and love. Not the pissosity. The love. And I have a slide that's coming up from a book called The Argumentation of Man. In the dance of cosmic energy, where stars are birthed and worlds find their form, I recognize a profound principle of life. This principle, timeless, boundless, speaks in the gentle whisper of wind, in the mighty roar of the ocean waves. It is the same principle that exists within each heartbeat, each tear shed, and every hope reborn. So the paradigm of cosmic consciousness. Then we have another paradigm. The paradigm of prayer. And I mentioned in the beginning of what I'm sharing with you, that prayer is that communion. Prayer is not a, um, you know, perseeching, please help me, help me, give me, give me. It is a union. And that's what we have always taught in our faith here. God is, or harmonic love, whatever you call God, the sacred. Be still enough in your time of quiet meditation. 
And I'm so delighted that Dan Harris is coming because he works in the world, you know, podcasts out there in business with meditation, just the simplicity of being still. So we still ourselves and we allow ourselves to realize that I am of that love, that essence. Everything I am is of that. God is, therefore I am. And from that place is where our prayer comes forth in accepting, not if I'm worthy, because we are worthy, but accepting what it is, accepting the health, accepting the abundance, accepting the love. That's prayer. I found something on Facebook. I love this. Um, Prayer is not a spare wheel that you pull out when you are in trouble. Use it as a steering wheel that keeps you on the right path throughout your life. As a steering wheel. So today is Practitioner Recognition Sunday. And I am ever so grateful to have been in that place of supporting the practitioners. I always will be in that place of supporting the sacredness of the office. I've always said to practitioners, whether you practice one-on-one, meeting with people in prayer, if you're in a corporate world, you're a practitioner. Because everywhere you go, this is a sacred truth. It's the most sacred truth you'll ever behold, ever behold. And so what I would like to do as I close this service, today, I would like to have the practitioners, I know there's a few of you here, which is wonderful, I'd love to have you stand and move to the outer rim of our circle here. And I will begin the prayer, and then we call this um, uh, a chamber prayer. Because then I'll move to stillness, And our practitioners will pray. So feel the wave of this prayer just moving across the sacredness of our sanctuary. This circle is a sacred Ochoka. Our Native American friends and family, Ochoka means circle. Sacred circle we have just created here. So I will begin this prayer. This is so beautiful. So I humbly stand in that paradigm of sacredness. The sacredness that God is, therefore I am. And I speak this for everyone in this beautiful congregation, everyone online, watching, all of us present, recognizing that the good of God has always been. It's holy, it's sacred. It's the purity of love. So I call it forth. I call it forth with a sense of union. Not a unity, sometimes that means separateness. But an absolute union as we offer this prayer, this healing prayer. So I still myself now for the practitioners to pray.
with each and every person, every single cell in my body, an elixir in it, we are surrounded by humans, bringing us into alignment, spiritually, we live wholesome, profoundly, ah, there is such a beautiful day, and this greatest gift of all, it is life. That it is why I'm so grateful to be in this community. And I give thanks for knowing that I have enveloped us in our own process. Thank you for this knowing. The soul everywhere. And so in gratitude, it is what is. It is God. It's wonderful. Wonderful body. And that they seem to continue. That allows the light to be. as we have fallen to stillness. These prayers have been released to this dome of consciousness. This dome of consciousness that is everywhere present. And the manifestation has come forth. And for this I am grateful. And I say, and so it is. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.